Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Dr. Gina Gaudio-Grace the co-founder of Divisio, that's D-U-V-I-S-I-O dot com. And we've got Andrea Adams-Miller, my executive show producer and the founder of the Red Carpet Connection. Andrea, I've got to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, because if it wasn't for you introducing me to Jim Omps on the show several months ago, I would not have been able to add the doctor in front of my name last week. Well, I'm certainly, certainly proud of you, and I have to admit publicly a tad bit envious because I did my uh, Ph.D. work uh, in two, well prior to 2007 and couldn't finish my dissertation, Chapter 4 and 5, because of a flood. So I've been all but Chapter 4 and 5 of my dissertation since 2007, and when I met uh, um, uh, Mr. Umps, uh, Jim Umps, uh, I also have been working on my entrepreneurology PhD, and I am so proud of you that you got there first, and happy birthday for making sure that you had it done by your birthday. So yay for you. It, thank you so much. It did take a lot of time to do it. I think I yeah. worked for two and a half months, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and on average, three to four hours a night, Monday through Friday, to get it completed. But it was a great process. I cannot say enough great things about their program. It was very enlightening looking back at my life's experience as an entrepreneur and the lessons I've learned and whatnot. So my advice, get it done, Andrea. You will love it. (laughs) <laughs> well, now that we've got some other launches out of the way for the Keep Smiling movement, uh, certainly that's a priority on my list uh, because uh, that'll be so fun to have the doctor and doctor show. So, yay! Oh, won't um, it, Let me know how I can support yeah. you in it. I would love to help you in any way I can. Oh, of course. And any of you who are listening who would love to find out how you can get your doctorate in entrepreneurology, uh, please reach out to Gina or I, and we will make the connection for you to the um, academy for that, university for that, so that you too can um, utilize and document everything that you've done so that you can work on your dissertation to earn your doctorate degree. And I also or want your to let know that we have a really... that matter. Oh, that's right. Thank you very much for that, or your master's degree. They do bachelor's, and actually, master's, and PhDs. Yeah, and I just talked to them. We're actually looking at – I do publicity for them as well. And we're uh, looking at creating a program for people who have had learning disabilities who are actually very intelligent, who own businesses, and do amazing things in the world, but just so happen 
um, if you have uh, a certain disability where you cannot pass an ACT or an SAT, you cannot get a college degree at a traditional right. school. Well, I brought that to their attention, and yet they know people, and I know people who are business owners who cannot pass those two tests, but you know have a, a viable business, who've done amazing things, who've taught curriculum, have done internet marketing, and those people now uh, there are opportunities for them. So we're we're super excited about what we can create for them and make happen. So, you know, we're just saying no matter who you are or what you do in the world, uh, it is just an unbelievable opportunity for you. And uh, we want everyone to succeed and to be recognized for the work that they do. And speaking of people that need to be recognized, we have a very special dear guest to me today, and that is Trey Carmichael. Trey Carmichael is the leading co-founder of Virtually Limitless. He also owns other multiple companies, uh, that he runs and operates, all um, not, not only by himself, but with a whole entire team. And uh, this is a young man who has totally learned how to uh, take the idea of, like Tim Ferriss saying, create a four-hour work week. So while Trey knows it takes more like a 44 million hour work week to get to that four hour work week. He's the person that helps you reach that goal so that your business is working for you rather than you working in your business. So uh, he is only 22 years old, by the way, but when you talk to him and Holy when you hear him God. speak, you will be blown away because this young man is an outsourced COO. That means anybody can utilize him and his companies for being the people who really run their business for them. They do the operations, the behind the scenes. And this is specifically for impact-driven, heart-centered entrepreneurs to help them automize, systematize, and monetize their business at whatever level they're at, whether they're beginning, whether they're medium, or whether they're ready to blow the charts and scale, this is the young man to do it. Now, interestingly enough, he's got a backstory that will blow you away because he spent a lot of his teenage years, and that wasn't that long ago, as a drug addict, depressed, and anxious. And he learned how to turn his life around and really put his focus on what he's good at, and that is making things work and happen for other people so that they don't have to worry and they don't have to be depressed. And he comes with such a heart that he's always there to lead with high value and to leave people and, and well, actually, he doesn't even leave people. He elevates people <laughs> to a better place by holding a space for them and for everyone to be able to have elevation and growth in their personal and professional life. Please welcome to the show my dear friend, Trey Carmichael. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> welcome to the show, Trey. Well, he was here a minute ago. Where'd he go? I think he's over, I think he's overwhelmed with pride and joy. <laughs> so while he's hello, getting the line Trey, back, I, hello, I got him back. Oh, there he is. There we are. Hi, there you are. Gina got you back. Sorry, I think I lost uh, service and fell out for a second. <laughs> Well, that's one thing that we're always talking about is how do we also help entrepreneurs 
and people who are growing businesses in rural areas where although it would seem that technology would work perfectly in the middle of nowhere and in the mountains and so forth, we still have to overcome those technical challenges. And Trey actually works in a rural area um, outside of Austin, Texas, and so he actually understands those people who are working on sustainable farms and running operations from like the mountains and the fields. So Trey, I'm impressed that you do all that considering that you have to work around the internet and all the crazy things that you have to do and all the things that you manage. So um, why don't you start us off by, by telling us like the crazy fun successes that you've had. Crazy fun successes. Oh man. It's uh, I guess everything's been, I guess crazy fun is a better way is the better way to explain it. Cause it's really where I'm at. There was, I had a lot of wins but there was a lot of fun failures where I where I learned a lot to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead and take it. Well, well, let me help you with some of those. Because, by the way, those of you who are listening, Trey at 22 is not like your stereotypical me, 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 me millennial that we hear about. He is one of those that's amazing and awesome, and there's many more like him. Unfortunately, they don't make the news like the ones who are all about themselves. Trey is about other people and serving other people, so he's extremely humble. So recently, this young man has figured out systems for major companies that uh, manage all of like their uh, real estate agents for their home health care workers and so forth. So that way, the owner can focus on owning the business and work, work, and work on their rules and regulations of owning companies like that where Trey literally maps out everything that needs to be done and what teams need to do it. So everything behind the scenes is actually functional and taken care of. Is that the best way to describe that, Trey? Absolutely, 100%. So like, just to take it a little bit farther, is I, what I do is I break businesses down into six pillars, which is marketing, sales, fulfillment, retention, finance, and human resources. I figure out what tasks need to happen under each pillar, and then I figure out what roles need to be created in order for all of those tasks to – in order for all of the tasks to be taken care of and to make sure that each pillar is communicating efficiently because you can't just have, like, you can't just have all those pillars and then them not communicate with each other. That doesn't work either. So you have to fill the roles you have to make sure that the roles are filled, all the tasks are being completed, and everything communicates efficiently, and then you have a business that can, that can pretty much run the machine. Well, that's always uh, super fun to hear all of that. So give us a little more details about, like, how do you, how do you even know this stuff? <laughs> uh, I spent a, I've spent a lot of time as a, I spent a lot of time as a freelancer. The last three years, I've worked with a lot of different companies, everything from big solar companies to real estate brokerages to e-commerce stores to agencies. I've worked with a little bit of literally everything, so I was able to figure out systems that just that work. I'm, not, I'm personally not a really big fan, like you said. I'd rather put in a four-hour work week than work a whole lot. I'm not a big fan of putting a massive amount of hours in. So I would rather I would rather leverage other people. I would rather leverage robots and things like that. 
Well, we appreciate that you do that, and we really like the way that you word, use the word leverage since we are the leverage masters here <laughs> on the leverage show. Um, so, all right, so you have this um, – unbelievable backstory too that you know because uh, you know when people hear your backstory or if they only knew your backstory they might be surprised to hear of what you've been accomplishing because not everybody's able to do that so will you lead us back um, take us on that journey to what was happening in your life yeah so a few years ago I was addicted to drugs I was dealing drugs I was kind of living a life where I was always looking over my shoulder. And the majority of the time, I I felt like I was lost in a jungle, just kind of waiting for, like, what's going to end it. I didn't think I was going to live to see 21. And then a couple different people showed up in my life. They gave me opportunities. They helped me. They helped me figure out who I was. And the first one was Kyler Gifford. He was a real estate agent that I had known since high school. Uh, he started teaching me about energy and the law of attraction, and he gave me the opportunity to help with his real estate marketing. Even though I was very upfront with him, I was very vulnerable with him. I told him, this is where I'm at. I'm terrified, and I'm trying to figure out something different. And he accepted me where I was at, and he gave me the opportunity anyways. And within a few months, I was able to help him become the top producer in his agency. And then Shortly after that, I realized, okay, I got to figure everything else out or I'm going to lose this. So I found another mentor. It was Lisa McClanahan. She already did like executive, like C-level coaching and stuff like that. So I said, hey, Lisa, I want to build a business. I want to do marketing. I know this is a vehicle for people to acquire freedom. So can you please help me? Like, this is exactly where I'm at. I don't know where to go. This is what I'm learning how to do. This is what I can help you do. And she, just like Kyler did, she accepted me right where I was at. And she helped me craft my defining statement, which is I'm a crazy, passionate life changer that gives anyone and everyone the space they need to grow. She helped me craft my core values. And from there, it's like now I knew who I was and I had found my purpose just because these two people showed up. So that's kind of why I do everything I do now is I show up for people just because I know that these two people showing up in my life was able to change my life and make it so that I can impact an infinite number of people. Fantastic. And I know well, Gina has some questions for, for you. There she is. Good. Yeah. Please, please. So as you heard at the beginning of the show, just last week I earned my PhD in entrepreneurship or entrepreneurology as it's called by the university I'm a graduate of. And one of the things that they had us discuss in our dissertation was the crises or turning points that played a role in your business. And as I answered that question, I started to recognize that literally every single business I've ever had since 1974 when I was in the fourth grade came from a crisis or turning point. And I see that over and over and over again with entrepreneurs, especially those who are successful. So it doesn't surprise me in the least that your business has come out of a crisis or turning point in your life. Do you see it that way as well? Absolutely. That's I was 
I was begging for something else. I just didn't know that there was other options. And then someone gave me an opportunity, and I ran with it. Such a common story. So walk us through what you do when you start working with a client. What's that look like, and how do you transform their business? So I kind of already covered the first thing I do. The first thing we do is we sit down, we look at the six pillars, and if they don't have uh, if they don't have finance and human resources covered, I book calls with people to cover that. That's not my thing, really. I cover marketing, sales, fulfillment, and retention, so that they are generating clients, fulfilling fulfilling for them at the highest level, and then getting referrals and upselling them to other things, etc. And I just make and I sit down and I figure out what tasks need to be completed, what we can automate, and then what we need to outsource to make everything happen as efficiently as possible so that they can step out of their business and focus on making impact or spending more time with their family or whatever that is. One of the big things that we focus on is really optimizing their marketing as well so that we're bringing in as much like it's just as much as many leads as many deals as possible while spending the least amount of money possible. I don't even I don't even like spending money on advertising until you have a solid organic strategy just cuz then you're just pouring gas on the fire. I completely so, agree with you on that one. Yeah, plus whenever you're doing organic, you can conversion. Yeah. Yeah, and once you're doing organic, you can retarget everybody and retargeting costs pennies. Whereas to hit somebody with an ad, you might spend a few bucks initially. Boy, I hope our listeners are taking notes on this because this is really important. You know, there's two ways to make your bottom line increase. Sure, you can make more sales, but if you can reduce your expenses at the same time, it tends to grow the bottom line that much faster, doesn't it, Trey? Absolutely. You, I like to I like to position companies so that initially – they can run as lean as possible, and then once they have a surplus of money, then they can start adding to that lean machine and building and building pieces onto it to start getting better and better results over time. Love it. Andrea, make sure that you get me connected to Trey after the show. I would love to get him looking at my Leverage Black Book, which is a high-level overview of the eight big money principles of leverage that I've taught and applied to clients' businesses for years. I bet you would get a lot out of that. I had a feeling that you would adore him. In fact, it's, it's been a, a running joke that uh, every time I introduce Trey to any of my friends, they absolutely adore him and want to talk to him and tell, and tell me they're stealing him away. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, so we've had a, a, a fun play on words for that because I always say, no, he's all mine. No, Trey's uh, got a great company that anybody can utilize and reach out to to see how um, their company can um, work for all of you and to help your business is streamlined again for whether it's a small business or a large one. Um, you know, uh, Trey, you know, when for you it's really easy for you to explain when you say, um, oh, we sit down with them and we map this out. Why don't you give them give them an example? Like uh, for me, uh, you were you literally map, 
mapped out for me like how to work with a VA because that that was something I didn't know how to do. So can you give us like the generalities of of like what that process literally looks like without you know going into great detail. We don't expect you to solve the world for us here on on the air, but we have 40 minutes, so we really want to have that opportunity to deep dive with you and have you really paint this picture, tell the story of what that looks like. So the first thing, obviously, whenever you want to hire a VA is knowing exactly what tasks they need to complete and then creating documents for each of those tasks so that they have something to refer back to. And then ultimately, you even want to do like a screen record with something like Loom.com so that you can actually show them how to do the process, give them a document, and then they know how to do it. You know they know how to do it. And then what I like to do whenever I bring on a new VA is I go through the interview process, and then I schedule an onboarding call after the interview, and I'll send them the video and the SOP after the interview, and I'll say, hey, go through this. Your onboarding call is going to be me, is going to be you showing me that you know how to do this or me answering any questions that you have about this process. And then that kind of – that really eliminates a lot of the confusion from the VA. Like a lot of people tend to hire a VA without having a system, and then they just tell them, hey, I want this done. And the VA is like, okay. I don't know how you want that done, but I'm going to do that. And then you only might get what you want. So, so tell us, really the, tell us like, what, tell us what goes wrong when people don't do that. What are, what are, what are like things that you've heard or a story that you recall that someone didn't go through that process and what kind of rework that created? Oh man. There are. Well, let me help you out a little bit here. So too often what I have seen with my clients is they hire VAs because they don't know how to do something. Maybe they don't know how to build a funnel. Maybe they don't know how to do advertising. Maybe they just don't know how to get conversions, period. So they hire a VA thinking that they can just say to the VA, okay, you go do that for me. How's that work for them, Trey? The majority of the time it doesn't work. Occasionally you'll get a you occasionally you can find experienced VAs that are capable of that, but those are the VAs that you're going to be paying a lot of money. And the majority of the time when people are first hiring a VA, they're going to go hire somebody from overseas because it's cheap. You can get it for you can get them for anywhere from like 5 to 8 bucks an hour and they're and they're happy. So it's cheaper to go that route. And whenever you pull someone in from overseas who maybe English isn't their first language, maybe they're still kind of learning what to do, but they know how to follow a process. So there's a lot of people like that. Like they can follow a process really, really well, but when you pull them on and say, hey, I need you to do this without giving them a process, they're going to be guessing. They're going to do the wrong things. You're going to have confusion. And then ultimately, you're going to end up with an unhappy VA, and then you're going to be unhappy. And then now you start the whole process over, and you have to rework literally everything and start over the hiring process. It's very frustrating when that happens. But it's because so often business owners don't know any better, and they think it's okay to hire 
people who don't necessarily know how to do it when they don't know how to do it themselves. They got to figure yeah, it out first, guys, before mm-hmm. you go hire those VAs. Got to figure it out. Yeah, you and can't I imagine that, the VA to invent the wheel for you. Exactly. And I imagine that that's where your help is just invaluable because you do know how to do those things and you do know how to guide someone else to do it for somebody, correct? Yes, I actually have templates for the majority of tasks. Uh, the majority of SOP documents that they would need, I already have, have templates for. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You can't even put a price tag on how much that's worth to companies. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a proven system that works. So that's really what people buy. I mean, when it comes down to it, that's how you create a, that's how you create a company that someone is going to be willing to buy in the future. If you don't have documented processes, then they don't have something to buy. If you don't have a system, then they don't have something to buy. How can you sell a company if somebody can't step in and run it? Absolutely. So that's why I like to get – I like to I like to step into a company and make it so that the entire company is defined by roles and the tasks that fall under each role. And then if you make sure that you have proper documentation for each task – your business shouldn't have any issues. I mean, yeah, there's still going to be human error, but you're going to be minimizing it. Love it. Pretty so fun, one of the other it? comments I heard made earlier was that your clients are all heart-centered entrepreneurs. Talk a little bit more about that and why that's important. So... You know how I told the story about Kyler Gifford and Lisa McClanahan, and they showed up yeah. in my life, and they, they, they accepted me where I was at? I think that that is the biggest thing that really anybody needs. They need to be accepted by somebody. And these impact-driven entrepreneurs, like all of us are out here, and we're on the, we're on the Internet reaching people by the masses. And so I, what I do is I find people who care, and I help them. Instead of just helping everybody who can afford me, I help the people who actually care, that align with my core values. Because then I be, not, not only do I, will I enjoy working with that person, but I'm going to feel confident scaling their business. That's, that's a big thing for me. If I can't feel confident scaling your business, I'm not going to. And I can scale pretty much anything, but if I don't think you're a good person and that you're doing it for the right reasons, I'm not going to help you. It's it's not. I it's love not those worth values. <clears throat> yeah, you know. The, continue. So my biggest thing, like my core values, the last two, is expanding our ripple, building your legacy. Because I'm all about expanding my ripple. When Kyler and Lisa stepped up in my life, they expanded their ripple. Now my ripple that I'm making to all these people is an extension of them. When I help all of these impact-driven entrepreneurs, their ripple is an extension of my own. That's just me spreading energy. That's me. Like when it comes down to it, it's, it's, it comes down to my belief in energy. When it comes, when it, at its core, it's, it's really my belief in energy that that's how I spread the energy. That's how I increase the ripple. Does that make sense? 
It certainly does. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's there's so much more to you than than pe- people get to experience or see, especially when they get to work with you and and you get on a tangent about something that you're really motivated and excited about, and how you can create that and make that happen. And one of the things that I would love to explore with you is is maybe telling a little bit more about those stories. So. Um, so because, now those of you who are listening, you can hear he's all about automation and systemization because he's like facts, get to the point, implementation, action. So we ask him a question and he's like, boom, 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 boom. This is it. This is that. Done. <laughs> and that's what's so amazing for your company is that he's able to achieve that. However, for some of you, that may be weird because you are maybe are not the systematizer, the automation person. And so the concept of taking that in kind of needs more of a story behind that, you know, a little bit more. So um, because I'm friends with Trey, I want to be able to re go around there again and pick that up so that we actually can paint that story a little differently. So that way you kind of see the process. So Trey, when you first uh, reach out to Trey and tell Trey you want to work with him. So Trey, let's do a role play example. So uh, Gina, you haven't had the chance to work with Gina before, so let's do a, a live role play without getting full, you know, because we, we have about 25 minutes left. So with Gina, let's role play for the audience, um, like what that would look like. So Gina, you've just called Trey. Uh, she tells you she has a company called Divizio, and, Divizio, and she has this leverage um, book, you know, that helps different people and so forth. How do you find out more about her? Her and whether she's heart-centered in order to get to the next point of her business? I, I start asking questions. My first question is always who your target, who the target audience is. And then once they explain to me who the target audience is, I ask why. All right. So, so let's ask Gina because that's one, because Gina and I host the show and although we talk about ourselves and our business, a lot of times people aren't really sure what we even do because we're always promoting other people's businesses. So let's take this opportunity. Gina, who are you looking for and why? So the people that I target on purpose are those businesses that have networks. And I, I would literally mean networks like um, their businesses serve coaches or information marketers or e-commerce businesses so that we can then go into Divisio and create private networks for them so that we can help them to facilitate joint ventures between their network members. I'm also really interested in working with those people whose businesses are all about doing good in the world, making an impact in the world, and making money at the same time, such that the two parts fuel one another. Also, why All right, is and, that? and then like, for oh, okay, perfect. Go do your thing, Trey. So, so why is it that you're targeting the people who are really trying to make an impact? The Vizio was designed from the ground up, out of what I saw as one of the first joint venture brokers on the internet back in the early 2000s. And one of the things that I know from that experience is that 
if I can help bring for-profit businesses together with non-profit businesses, we can have that much more leverage and make that much bigger of an impact. Those businesses that are more heart-centered, that are really about doing good in the world and making money, are much more likely to be interested in doing joint ventures with the nonprofits that are in our network. Okay, awesome. So, what is the main what is the main goal right now? Who are y'all really trying to connect with? Like, which side of that are y'all trying to connect with the most? So, Divisio is an affiliate network that has some really unique technology built into it. It has a marketplace where affiliates can find products to promote, but it has marketplaces within the marketplace, if you will. So those business owners whose audience has products and services of their own who really are all about doing good and making money, who really have world-class products and services that really make a difference in people's lives. That's awesome. So why did that what, – what, what was it about you that made, that made you want, want to focus on that? So back in 1996, I had been an attorney for a number of years. I was an environmental and toxic tort litigator. Got into a very serious car accident in 96. That car accident left me in a hospital bed or wheelchair for nearly 10 years. During that time, I needed $40,000 a month to pay for my medication. Without it, I would have died in under 90 days. By 2000, I had sold my first business, which was a day trading membership site, and opened my second business, which I thought was going to become an Internet ad agency. And very soon after opening our doors, clients started asking for joint venture traffic. I didn't know what that meant, but I was a lawyer. I knew what a joint venture was, and I thought I was an ad agency, so I knew what traffic was. I just had to figure out how to put it together turned out what they wanted was a joint venture broker. So that seemed simple enough. So I said, sure, I can get you joint venture traffic. And I became one of the first JV brokers in the internet marketing space. But what I realized was, remember, I'm sick, I'm dying, I need $40,000 a month to pay for my medication. As a JV broker, you get paid a percentage of sales. So I needed to sell $400,000 a month for my clients or I wouldn't make the 40000 I needed just to pay for my medication. So I spent two wow. years studying businesses that were already successful, looking for the pattern among them. As I did that, I recognized the pattern that today I call the Vortex model of doing business. It's a model based on serving and strategically monetizing. Every single business that was really successful had some way, shape, or form of making an impact and doing good in the world. And their entire business was designed around it. And it was from looking at those successful businesses and uncovering this model that I said, you know, I'm going to apply this to the clients that I'm working with. And once I did, it was a whole lot easier to sell $400,000 a month in products so I could get the money I needed for my medication. Fast forward to 2005, 
I was 40 years old when the doctors gave me 12 to 18 months to live. Six months later, I had a complete and total miracle and completely recovered. Went from a wheelchair to a walker to a cane to walking with no assistance at all. At that time, I felt like I'd been given the gift of life, and a gift that big just felt like it had to be repaid. So I spent almost a year pondering, what could I do that was large enough to repay the gift of life? And I woke up one morning with this idea and a vision. And the vision was, if I could touch the life of every person on this planet in a meaningful way, I could start to repay the gift of life that I had been given. And so using the Vortex model of doing business became part of my mission. I can't possibly touch the life of every person on the planet myself, but through a combination of education and my software platform, Divisio, I can reach other entrepreneurs, help them make a more meaningful difference in the lives of their people, and together we really can make a more meaningful difference in the life of every person on this planet. So I know it's a long-winded answer, but that's what the whole purpose is behind Divisio. Awesome. That's inc- that's incredible. You have a you have a beautiful story, Gina, and I think that's going to speak to a lot of people. And I would lo- I would love to sit down and figure out what the what the bottlenecks might be that are maybe preventing you from reaching more people and impacting people at that high level like you want to. Let's definitely do that, Trey. Do do y'all want, do y'all want me to keep going? Please do. Huh? Yes, please do. Awesome. So, if we're uh, if we had to if we had to sit back, like we had to take a step back and kind of try to look at your business from the outside looking in, like what would you think? Where do you think the bottleneck might be between marketing, sales, fulfillment, or retention? Like, are you having more trouble generating clients, or are you having trouble closing them? Fulfilling them or keeping them with you? Fulfilling is easy, and keeping them with us just kind of happens. The harder part is for us just going out, reaching the right people with the right message at the right time. So often what we find is if they're interested in using software for tracking and paying of affiliates, they're probably already using something right now. So getting them to move away from what it is they're using to using us can be challenging. So one of the things that we've done, we did this a couple years ago, was we've built in integrations with things like Infusionsoft, Entreport, and other platforms so that when someone is already utilizing one of those platforms and they decide they really want to use a network of affiliates, that they're able to come into Divisio, tie our system to the system they're already using, even importing their affiliates into Divisio. Because Divisio lets them do split pays that helps to guarantee commissions are going to be paid to affiliates instead of maybe the merchant will pay the affiliate commissions at some point in time. So that and the fact that we've got about 4,500 affiliates can really help. But just 
getting to the right people so that they can see that has been challenging. Awesome. What are y'all currently doing to get in front of those people? We're in a bunch of different marketplaces, like the Infusionsoft marketplace, the Entreport marketplace, etc. And we have about six or seven people that have networks that now have private networks on Divizio so that every time they bring in a new client, their client becomes a new seller on Divizio. But it's just very, very slow going doing it that way. We need to do more with marketing, and I just don't have the time to do it. Awesome. Divisio so you just don't have about time. five different things I do. Yeah. Understood. I, I understand that very well. I've got a few other companies myself. So have you thought about outsourcing the marketing parts? I have. I've not found a company that's a perfect fit for me yet. So this is definitely something well, we should sit down and talk about. Absolutely. What is it that you're looking for in, a, in the right company? Someone that really gets leverage. Someone that really understands the mission and what it means to work with heart-centered business owners that really want to make a difference. And that isn't just going to throw me into paid traffic because I don't think paid traffic is the best way to grow Divisio. Paid traffic is definitely not the best way to grow Divisio. You need to build an audience and actually cultivate it and make them trust you enough to make that jump from what they're already using. Yep, totally agree. So Totally agree. So... Yeah, so I would I would love to have a conversation with you about help about helping you set some stuff up and the the main thing that that I would want to figure out is are y'all are y'all currently like are y'all currently producing any video content that's talking about the benefits that people get of working with your platform and things like that. So uh, uh, this is probably going to make you chuckle, but my last name is Gaudio Grace. The first part of that is the letter G audio. And as anyone who knows me knows, I am an audio girl. I am not a video girl. So, no, I am not doing video content. I hate doing videos. I hate watching videos. I'm probably the only person on the planet that doesn't go searching things out on YouTube. But, no, we are not, and that is one of our biggest downfalls. So your audience is looking for videos, though. Entrepreneurs, they don't really – the majority of them, they don't – want to read something like we want to jump yep. on YouTube, get our question answered as quick as possible and move on. So that's going to be one of yep. your biggest thing is just answering all the how to questions around. Like that's one thing that you can put in the play that, that y'all could put in the play. Like any time now actually is just figure out what questions people are asking around JV deals and building the affiliate network and all that and start creating YouTube videos that answer those questions. Because someone's going to search for that question at some point. And then your video is going to pop up. And then if you provide them enough value in that video, if you answer that question, then they're more likely to go jump on your platform. And even if they haven't, maybe you can give them a lead magnet or, or some kind of document that gives them like maybe some JV secrets or a few leverage secrets. And then they'll opt in. Now you can email them. Or like I, or like I mentioned earlier, once – once you've had them land on any of your own media, you can hit them with a Facebook pixel 
and no yeah. paid traffic isn't the way to go. But once you hit somebody, you can retarget them for pennies, whereas it's a lot more expensive yeah. to build the audience with paid traffic. But it's, it's a lot easier to convert an audience. It's a lot easier and cheaper to convert an audience with paid traffic than it is to build an audience with paid traffic. So what do you think about you do to, my what? recording the, the questions and answers in audio and then giving it to someone else to do more of a PowerPoint type of thing to put together into a video so I don't personally have to be a talking head on a video? So that's definitely an option, but when it comes down to it, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. If they're not seeing a face attached to anything, like, you know ClickFunnels, right? Yep. Who do you think of when Russell, you think about ClickFunnels? Well, Russell, I launched a second product. So I've known Russell since then. Well, that's awesome. That's networking right there. <laughs> well, a lot of the bigger names in the Internet marketing space I helped launch some of their very first products. <laughs> well, that's I go incredible. back a long time. <laughs> I've been in the IM oh, space longer than you've been alive, Trey. <laughs> that's awesome. As funny as that sounds. But, yeah, I get it. I do get it. It's not that I wouldn't have my face anywhere. I would. I just don't like doing videos. So it's you difficult. have other partners, and I have one other partner, but he's he's kind of old school, and I would not want mm. him doing the videos. <laughs> Understood. So he's our CTO, and he, he would come across as a CTO. <laughs> yeah. So you can definitely do. I mean, have you, do you, do, I know you have the radio show, but do you happen to have a podcast? The radio show becomes a podcast, so yes, I do. I just don't do it in video format, it's audio. Okay, do y'all, do you have like, do you happen to have I'm gonna like interrupt. a section of the, I've been wanting her to go, I've been wanting her to go to video for a long time. <laughs> and, Not gonna um, happen. The timing's right. She she is dead set against it. <laughs> Although I've thought about doing it where I'm on camera and you're not on camera, and seeing if we could do that because you could still we could still do it, and you can be a voice on a, on a Zoom so other people could see us or whatever, and you can choose to be off. I'd camera. be happier with that, way, that. You got okay. You yeah. Keep in mind, Andrea, that the one thing that for me I can't stay in one place. It's very difficult. So. I'm pacing, I'm moving around because I've had nine major reconstructive surgeries on my spine. So for me to be on a video would be really hard because you have to be in one place to do it. I, no, you I don't. Get it. You so, can walk around and do it. She, she could do it. She could do that. So let's just get her on, not on camera first, on, with us on camera. Yeah, there And then you we'll go. merge to that second view. Because we could just have you, you know, holding your phone or whatever, and you could be walking around doing everything. So, um, you know, so and you can turn the video off and on. So you could turn it on at the beginning and greet everyone and then, you know. So we'll, we'll, so, so those of you who are listening, we are we're peer pressuring Gina into awesomeness. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. 
And it's, it just takes baby steps when it comes down to it. Like, videos are definitely not my strong suit. All of my videos where you're seeing my face for the most part, they're either very, very, very short, which short is better than nothing. If you can, go, if you can do a quick video, give someone a quick tip, it's much better than, it's much better than no video. Like, but video definitely is one of the harder things, but here's one of the ways that you want to kind of start thinking about it is once you create a video, that becomes an asset. Like you have that digital asset that you can reuse over and over again for whatever you need it for. I hear you. However, so. I understand that there are five different creative formats. Five different creative formats being text, audio, video, slideshow, and images. What I have taught and for you want to know something really cool? Is Yes. If you create a video, that video can get repurposed into all of the above. And you just saved a whole lot of time. And guess what? For me, I can write even faster than I can do a video. So for me, it's actually faster to start out in writing and let that become everything else. But I'm not going to be in a talking head video when I do it that way. So for our so, listeners, I want them to hear that there is no right way or wrong way to do it, but it is absolutely essential to address having the creative formats that your audience really wants. And I do agree with both Andrea and Trey that I do need to do more with video for the visual. Yeah, it get definitely asked for it doesn't all have the time. to be all video. It it doesn't have to be all video. You just want you just want your audience to know your face and trust your face. That's yep. all it is. You want to give them get just it. enough to trust you. I get it. And I, and I met her finally because, remember, we've been friends for years without being face-to-face in person, and we got to go out to dinner together. So I, I drove through. It was uh, awesome. Before COVID, before COVID, I was on a cruise and <laughs> drove through Florida, saw her on the way home, and then went to Egypt and, and then went, went to another conference, and then we were locked down that whole time. You know, that's one of the things – Oh, that's been really awesome too about some of the things that Trey's presenting for all of us is, is stuff that you, um, you know, um, and, and I, I refer to it as stuff, but it's the categories of how your business can be run so that you can be traveling and be doing other things. Or when other things shut down, you have another means of uh, working with clients and working um, with teams and systems that are used to not seeing you and being in a brick-and-mortar business. And you can incorporate brick-and-mortar with this as well. Uh, there's just a different way of looking at things and a different way of laying it out. So Gina is absolutely right. There's multiple ways to do things for business. And if you're adamant about that one thing that you do or do not want to do, then so be it. And just as long as you come into that educated and you know what the losses and gains are doing of that and that's what you want, then you can choose that. And that's what's really cool about Trey as well. He's not going to say – you know, no, I'm not going to work with you or I'm not going to do with you if you don't do this or that. But he will be honest with you and say, if you don't do this and I've suggested that, this is what could occur. And if you accept that those are the advantages and disadvantages, then awesome, we move forward. And that's really cool. So I do want to point one thing out real, real quick as well. Since the show is talking about leverage, if you don't want to do video, leverage Andrea. She did, she did just offer. So 
Andrea, there you go. That's to a good idea. Because, like, we don't always have to be – as entrepreneurs, we don't have to be strong at everything. Like, we just have to know how to leverage. If we, ha- if we find a weakness and maybe we don't really want to deal with that weakness, say, okay, cool, I don't feel like dealing with that. Who knows how to do this? Yeah. Really good suggestion. So, so before we run out of time, of power. Absolutely. Before we run out of time, how can everyone find you? Uh, the best way is just to, just to jump on Facebook. You can either find me on Facebook or through the podcast. It's the Virtually Limitless Entrepreneur Community or the Virtually Limitless Podcast. I love the brand. The brand is fantastic. Virtually Limitless. Who, who wouldn't love that? <laughs> Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, and we have about five minutes left. Trey, what haven't we asked you or talked about that you want to share that it's important to you to, to mention to people? Mm. I'm kind of going to steal the way that I exp- explain this from my man, Cody Rain, but I want people to recognize that the majority of the time, your business problems aren't actually a business problem. It's a personal problem being reflected in your business. And a lot of the times you need to look in yourself and deal with that or recognize that weakness or maybe recognize where you're trying to hold on too tight or something like that. Because that honestly, that's where a lot of issues come from. I had like, for me, I was stuck at one point. I was plateaued at one point because I wouldn't, I didn't want to let go of anything. Like I'm the guy who's helping everybody outsource and automate and do all that. But I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to let go of the control because I had had situations where I let go of control and it didn't go very well. So I had to, I had to heal those situations and recognize why I wasn't letting go control in order to let go, let go of control. So look at yourself, not just your business. Oh, such great words of wisdom there, Trey. Thank you. So uh, thank everybody Any- for uh, listening to us here on um- – yeah, I almost said the wrong show. Gosh, I do so many shows nowadays, Gina. It's kind of funny how they uh, – it's so much fun. I, I actually love doing this. I love radio. I love the way that we're able to reach out to people and really create different things in the world. And, uh, again, we've been talking with Trey Carmichael from Virtually Limitless and Gino Gaudio-Grace from Divizio and Andrea Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection. And, Gina, you were starting to say something, and I cut you off. I was just going to ask him what final words of wisdom he had for our listeners. Um, my final words of wisdom are, hmm, don't always focus on making a sale. If you can make a Ooh, friend, if you can make a, a, if you can provide them good value, piece of advice. like even if you can just make a connection now without exerting yourself on somebody, they're going to remember that you didn't try to sell you, sell them something. And when they need your service, they're going to think of you because you already provided them value. That's certainly one of the biggest things I've done over the last 24 years in growing my business, and it has served me oh so well. Even in terms of how I handle refunds, 
the way I've always handled refunds, I will gladly give anyone who needs or wants one a refund. They just need to jump on the phone with me first because I believe that when someone is asking for a refund, it means that I did not serve them to the very best of my ability. So I want to find out why I didn't and what would have served them better. So by the time we end up getting off the call, most often they not only have gotten a refund, but they've decided to move in a a direction that would serve them better, and they end up becoming customers for life. I can't even count how many times that's happened. So that's a really great piece of advice. It's not always about making another sale. Absolutely. That's Honestly, I th- in my opinion, that's one of the things that holds a lot of entrepreneurs back is it's just it's about them all the time and their and what they're doing and yeah, like Andrea said, they might get they might get more publicity and everything, but they don't make the long-term relationships that actually caring creates. Yep. And that's really what the Vortex model is all about. It's about designing the overall strategic plan so that you can then move forward simply serving to the very best of your ability, trusting that the money will follow because by design, it will. And it really lets you build relationships instead of just going out selling stuff to people. And for me, that's what it's always been about, and I can tell that's what it's about for you as well, Trey. Absolutely. There's Honestly, it just gets you farther. And I realized this, I don't know, uh, Get like give or take like six months to a year ago, I, I realized like I have a lot of time to build relationships. If I focus on this now, I can like I, there's no telling. Like I'm not, I might be able to retire when I'm 30 just because I care. <laughs> Absolutely, like, I totally agree with you. On and that. it's that simple. It's that simple. Like just care about people. That is the most powerful marketing strategy that you can ever implement. Is caring. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's my that's my last words of wisdom. Well, great words of wisdom. Andre and I will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Leverage Masters. Trey, thank you so much for having spent this time with us today. And everyone, Absolutely. go check out Trey. Great young man. And love what you're up to, Trey. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.